Let me ask by a poll of show of hands, who likes instant mashed potatoes? Okay. Interesting. I'm going to make one comment. And I mean this wholeheartedly. Either you didn't have parents or you lived with people that didn't know how to cook. And now I'm going to ask you this. Who would prefer a russet potato cooked? How about by applause? Who would like a russet potato? Yes. All you folks that just raised your hand for instant potatoes, I'm sorry. Uh, they must have been good, or maybe you've never been to someone's house that really <laughs> knows how to cook because it's not really that hard. But what? In life, this is an illusion. <laughs> this used to be. No. I'm not sure how they got this, and I didn't do any research because it doesn't really matter. But if I have the choice in life, which one am I typically going to pick? The whole potato, right? So let me ask you this. Other than the five people raised their hand for instant potatoes. Interesting. I, I, I didn't see that coming. But anyway, who likes taters? Like, let me tell you something. I'm like uh, Forrest Gump and Mr. Bubba, Gump Shrimp. Because, listen, any way you can cook a tater, I'm going to eat it. You can fry it, bake it, grill it. Saute it, you can boil it, you can whip it. Whip it, okay? Uh, whip it good. <laughs> anyway, you can cream it, smash it, eat it raw. Has he, does he eat raw potatoes? I know that's weird, but that's like weird. Uh, but I, I don't, that's the only way I don't eat a potato, but I love them. I am never going to pick instant potatoes over a real potato, but you can make instant potatoes taste good, right? How can you do it? Butter. We are in the South, aren't we? Yes. And how much of it? <laughs> the whole stick, right? And then some if you got some extra. What else are you going to put in this potatoes to make them good? Sour cream, cheese, bacon. Everything's better with bacon, right? No, no, no. Did y'all understand? Everything's better with bacon, right? Yes. Anybody hungry? Dude, I didn't eat breakfast. I'm hungry. Can somebody go ahead and put those in <laughs> in the oven now? Anyway, I love a potato, and I love better any way you can do it. And I will eat instant. If you invite me to your house and that's all you got, I will eat it. I'll laugh at you, but I'll eat it. I enjoy it. But sometimes in life, guys, do you understand what I'm getting at here? We're going to get to the point real quick. We will take something that is on the scale of most people less a lot of times. What we try to do is on a potato that's instant, it's most of the time we don't have enough time or we're lazy or we just don't know how to cook. But what we will do is we will add all this stuff to it to try to add flavor. Well, if you just take some time, slice that tater. Can I, can I add a side note here? Do y'all mind? I like cooking potatoes with the skin on. Anybody in with me in here? Can I get a witness from somebody? I like... I like big potatoes, and I cannot lie. Uh, it's been a long day. Anyway, I love cutting the tater and leaving the skin on it. I just do. I'm just, that's just, yes, I just do. So if you invite me to your house, I'll have the taters with skin on it. But what we do in life is this, all seriousness, that we'll take something inferior, and we'll try to add to it 
to bring it up to par. And we settle for less and definitely not the best a lot of times in life. And I want you to turn your scripture, if you got your scripture this morning, to Ephesians 2. And I want to thank again Brock Gill, man. That was fun, wasn't it? That dude, he is a stud. Uh, he travels all over the world doing this. I mean, he's he's had his own TV show on the Discovery Channel called The Miracles of Jesus. You can go to his YouTube channel. You can buy the DVDs. This dude has been everywhere, been been like uh, like in mountains in Israel where like the average folk can't go to. Like He's been there, and it's crazy because he's done this footage. And he's just a, It was awesome to have him here at Connection Church this morning. So as you get to Ephesians 2, we're going to start in chapter Ephesians 2, verse 1, and it says this, As for you, you are dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Verse 3 says, All, can you repeat that with me? One, two, three. All, let me tell you what that translates in the Greek. Um, it translates as all. All of us. So that's put us all in the same boat. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. I love verse 4. Can I just say that? I love it so much, I want us to read it together. Verse 4 says this, But because... I said I want us to read it together. That means everybody's got to say it at the same time, not just three of you, all right? Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, he's rich in what? Yes, made us alive. All right, you can stop reciting now. Because it's verse 5 now. I just want you to do verse 4. Made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Amen. Can anybody say amen to that? Amen. Woo! By grace you have been saved. Woo! And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in whom, that is, in the coming ages, he might show his incomparable riches of his what? Hmm. The riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Verse 8. For it is by, for it is by, you have been saved through, yes. And this is not from yourself. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Jesus, we are grateful for your scripture, grateful for your word. God, I pray right now that it would come off the page of this book, 
that we call the Bible. God, it will come to life in our hearts that it will cut us to the core of who we are and who you've created us to be. So, God, this time, you have free reign in this place to do what you want. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, so we read it together, and I want to read another version. I want to read a snippet of another version. It's called the message version. It's a paraphrase, so it's in, like, uh, uh, normal language, if you will, uh, some people's normal language. So I want to read this. It says this. It wasn't so long ago that we were mired in the old stagnant life of sin. You let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how you should live. You filled your lungs with polluted unbelief and exhausted, exhaled disobedience. We all did it. All, all, all of us doing what we felt like to do when we felt like doing it. All of us were in the same boat. It's no wonder that God didn't lose his temper and doing away with the whole lot of us. Instead, whew, instead, immersed in mercy and with incredible love, Christ embraced us. He took our sin, <laughs> he took our sin, dead lives. Did you get that? He took our sin, dead lives, <laughs> and made it alive in Christ. That's about as simple as you can hear right there, church. He did all this on his own with no help from us because sometimes we feel like we all got it together, don't we? Like we need to tell God what he needs to do. But he did all this on his own. I love this last part. Then he picked us up and set us down in the highest heaven in company with Jesus, our Messiah. Now God has us where he wants us with all the time in this world and next to shower his grace and kindness upon us. Saving is all his idea in his word. All we do is trust him enough to let him do what he wants. You might ask, why did you read it like that? Because sometimes if we, can, if we can understand it a little clearer, we understand what he's trying to teach us. What I want to back up and share with you is this. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Ephesus. He's being real with them because I love in chapter 1, he says, man, I praise God, the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms for every spiritual blessing that he has bestowed upon you. For he has chose you. He has chose us. I praise him for where you have came from, church. So this is Paul writing to the church, explaining how, how excited he is for where they've come. And then you get to verse chapter 2, and he says, do you remember, church? I'll, I'll get real with this here, okay? I want everybody's eyes here. Do you remember, church, when you were dead in your sin? You remember that because I'm giving God praise for you. But do you remember the sin-infested life that you once lived? Because it said, you lived as the world lived. 
You looked as the world looked. You operated as the world told you to operate. But when you realized, this is Paul talking to the church, encouraging, he said, do you remember all that? Because what changed was this, church, is whenever the church understood why they need to change. And verse 4 says, because God's great what? Love. That he bestowed his riches in his mercy. See, when the church, when the church Ephesus realized they were lost because they were following the ways of the world, and they changed, he said, the only reason they changed was this. Because he understood this. The church understood this. Watch this. You, you, you know what that symbol is, right? It's whenever Christ did this. The greatest act of love in the history of the world. When Christ went to the cross. The greatest act was love. He didn't just give them his mercy, did he? He showered them. The riches. You know what rich means? <laughs> rich. That's what it means. You're rich. You got money. Lots of money. They call you what? Hey, this, ain't, this ain't rocket science because I'm not very smart. All right, so just bear with me. So if you've got lots and lots and lots of money, the world calls you rich. Thank you. But anyway, what this is talking about. Rich means abundant, an overflow. Man, aren't you glad, church, that when he went to the cross because he loved you and he showered his mercy upon you, is anybody grateful for that this morning? When I was doing research on this scripture, looking at Paul writing to the church of Ephesus, so why? So, Pastor Bradley, why do you why do you say this for this morning? I think something that God has stirred my heart on is this. Somewhere the Big C Church has lost their way. Somewhere the Big C Church, the Church Universal, has lost their way. They've somewhere become and they've 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 experienced they've heard the lie that this thing is about us is when the church started looking inward that's where we went wrong because when you start looking inward that means you look into your own spirit and if you're in line and your flesh is dealing with your own spirit that means you would be exactly what Paul's talking about you would be dead. So let me ask you this. Has any man in the room ever seen a dead person? Show of hands, dead people, family members, car wrecks, whatever it is. I don't know what you've seen. And, and, it's, and it's really weird for me because when I read the scripture, it says, do you remember when you were dead in your trespasses and your sin? Do you remember that? Church, do you remember long ago when you were like that? And somewhere along the way, you surrendered your heart, you bowed your heart, you humbled yourself and said yes to Jesus? Do you remember that? Yes, we praise God for that. But somewhere in our 21st century living, like we, we look at dead people 
Like, I've seen a bunch of dead people. And I, I, I had, like, listen, I ain't bragging because who wants to see dead people? Nobody. But eight years in the fire service with EMS, I've seen a bunch of dead people. I just have. And, and one statement I've never understood, being a pastor for almost 14 years, and stand beside people with loved ones, and I don't know if it's their own cope, a coping mechanism or not, but we look at a dead person and say this statement I just don't understand. And I don't need you to respond to it, but just, and we say, man, they look good. Uh, listen, I'm, I'm really not trying to be, like, mean. <laughs> I'm just not. But I've never understood that statement. Like, does that help us? Like, this dead person looks good. I mean, she looks like she used to look. She's dead. Or he's dead. They don't look nothing like they used to look. They used to have a life in them. That makes you look completely different. Does it, church? Or should it? You know where I'm going with this, don't you? Because Paul was very specific. He said, do you remember? Because we all have lived in the world. We've all been there. It says we've all satisfied our cravings for the desires of this world. We all have done it. We all have. And for some reason, we look at dead bodies and we're okay with it. Like, well, they look good. They look peaceful. Listen, they don't look good or they don't look peaceful. They're dead. And that's what Paul's telling us. Said, Do you remember when you were dead? Jesus is. That's our series we're in. Can I tell you this morning that Jesus is simply the real deal? That's just my terminology. Jesus is the real deal. Do you remember when Lazarus, whenever Jesus came and healed Lazarus? That mug was dead. I mean, let me tell you something. Dead, like dead, dead. And he healed him. And he brought him back to life. There's something special about that. You hear me, church? Again, I've had the opportunity to be a part of teams with CPR and probably, I think, over 50 opportunities for CPR. And, man, we've been very fortunate to save, like, 12 of them, which is unheard of. You typically don't have that in a whole career, 30 years. But let me tell you what's special in it, what Paul's saying here to the church at Ephesus. Man, I celebrate because you're no longer dead and you're sinning trespasses. Because in verse... Verse 5, it says, because Christ has made us alive in Him. Amen, church? When you push on somebody's chest, and it says stop, and you got to sh- check, see if you got a shockable rhythm, and it says no shock of eyes, continue CPR. You're putting your hands on somebody's chest that's dead, fully dead. But when you see that person, you reach down there and feel that they have a pulse, let me tell you something what it does for you. I can't even explain it. I know I got some EMS folks in the house, and you know what I'm talking about. But when you're pounding on somebody's chest and they're dead and they come to life, it ain't like I'm Jesus and I'm a miracle worker. But there's something special when there's a pulse, when there's lung, there's air returns to the lungs, there's activity that happens. Something changes in an individual when you've been dead. And you've been brought back to life. 
Something happens when you see that. This week, I was with Brock and several other folks on the street. And we had this man come to us and said, Hey, uh, uh, could you guys come and pray for my wife? She's having a lot of pain. Her tooth hurting. It's making her whole head hurt. And she can't see straight and having all this stuff going on. So how long has it been going? He said, this is like day four. Day four. Okay. Most of us will do what? We'll go to the doctor with one. Just make it happen. They couldn't. Regardless, for whatever reason. And so we go to this house, and we look at this lady. There's like six, eight deep of them. We're six or eight of us. And we look at the lady and say, hey, listen, you know all things happen for a reason. For those who love God are called according to his purpose. She said, yeah, I, I, I love God. And it wasn't very convincing, you know what I'm saying? You know, one of those things I think I do, but I'm not sure. And we said, you know what, honey? This may be a greater a greater deal dealing with you. God may be dealing with you on a whole other level. You need to let him do his thing. Can we pray for you? Sure. Somebody prayed and somebody else was praying. And whenever somebody, when we were all standing laying hands on this lady, and she literally got her hand on her face because she's in pain. There's blood dripping from her tooth. She's only got like a couple. And the one that she has, there's, I mean, it's fully uh, covered with blood. And it's dripping. It's hurting. I mean, it's like, it looks like it's abscess. I'm not a dentist, but if I'm average Joe, that's what it looks like. We prayed for her. But somewhere in that prayer, I looked at her. It's like whenever you're pumping on the chest, whenever something goes, <gasps> when that breath comes back into a, a dead person and brings them to life. Something happened to this lady yesterday on the street. We saw a lady that was dead in her spirit that come fully alive in who Christ is. That was yesterday. Listen, I ain't telling you I'm some miracle worker because I'm not. I'm just Bradley. But when Paul was saying, do you remember you're dead and your trespasses, your sin, when you lived as the world said you should live? Do you remember that? That's what I ask you this morning. Do you remember? Or are you still there? Are you still satisfying the cravings of your desires and the things that the world tell you you should be craving? It's okay. That's good for you, man. You should do that. If it feels good, do it. Maybe you're there. There's nothing worse than knowing that somebody is fully alive in their body, but completely dead in their spirit. And that's not a judgment statement, so don't take that. Because the reason I say that is this. This is how I'm closing this morning. Is I had an opportunity to go and pray with a gentleman, to go share with a gentleman on the fifth floor of the hospital this week. He's in uh, just... He's beside himself, and he's having a tough time. And, and I go up there, and it's a special clearance and the whole deal. And I get in there, and they send us to this side of the room, and I'm thinking, okay, that's interesting. But we hadn't been in there long, me and him just sharing face-to-face. And, and he makes this statement to me. He says, I feel fully alive, but I also feel fully dead. <laughs> well, that's kind of interesting. That's why I'm preaching on Sunday. Well, explain. Well, I mean, you can you can check my pulse right here. I'm I'm alive, but inside, I feel like I got nothing. I got nothing. 
Church, can I just share with you this? When the word of the Lord is shared from a pure heart, pure motive, you don't have to be a genius. You don't have to be a scholar. But it comes from a pure heart. Do you know evil has to run? I just need a head. If you don't believe that, then men, you need to talk. But whenever the word of the Lord goes out, evil has to flee. And so at this point in time, the door's open. I share the good news. And this is what happened. I don't, I, it was just really weird. It happened to me this week. I had no clue that there was several people had come in the room while we were engaged in conversation. Ten to be exact. And they're all in gowns. And I, and I wasn't. And what had happened was I didn't even realize until I checked up. When I was sharing the gospel with this guy, all ten of these people had circled me around. They had drawn in. You know why? Because the gospel church, the gospel, this thing's alive. Do you understand that? This thing gives hope to a world of hopelessness this thing will give will bring the dead alive do you hear me church those 10 people they just wanted to get close to the gospel I mean I smelled good I mean but that ain't reason they were getting close to me well this guy don't have a bro bone maybe we can talk to him it wasn't that it wasn't me it was when they heard the gospel being presented people want it contrary to what the world tells the world tells ain't nobody caring nothing about that gospel I mean get it out of schools man we ain't praying on this whatever man we're going to do things our way that's okay they can but I promise you he takes dead corpse that we sometimes look at them and say man that they look good you know and also I'm afraid of churches that when we get up in the morning we look ourselves in the mirror and that's what we tell ourselves. Man, I look good. But you may be fully dead inside. I'd hate to think that the church is full of de- dead men walking. So I ask you this today. As the old sign would say out front of the church, Revival, October 22nd through the 29th. Reverend so-and-so is going to be preaching. Well, let's go to it. That sounds fun. But anytime I've ever heard the word revival, I always got to ask the question, what needs reviving? Because when you put the pads on somebody, you're reviving somebody, that means they dead. Church, I dare say the church is not dead, but I think this is what the church needs, is an awakening. I think we need to be brought back to life fully. So this morning, I wonder why I brought a uh, crutch to the stage, and I wasn't 100% sure. But I figured out when I got here this morning that some of us are just limping along in life. We look on the outside, we got a pulse. But man, we're just not fully living on the inside. Some of us may even be dead. Some of you have never had an encounter with the Almighty. Some of you just allowed yourself to carry the crutch. 
I'm okay. I'm just going to limp through this life. Or maybe some of you this morning need to say, you know what, Pastor? I want to be fully awakened to who Christ is calling me to be. So won't you stand with me this morning? And this is what we're going to do. If you heard the message that Paul celebrated with the church at Ephesus, praised them for what had happened, but warned them that life that you came from is easily to slip back into. Don't listen to the world any longer. Be awakened in me. We're going to sing a song. And as that song's playing, if you're saying, man, you know what? I've never even experienced an awakening in my soul. I'm not even 100% sure what he's talking about. I want to talk to you. But then there's others in the room because I know, because I know, because I look at you and I know you need to say today, I need to be awakened. I need to be, I need to be awakened in who Christ is in and through me. So as we sing, as we worship, you can come down front. You can do whatever you want to. I don't really care what you do. I just want you to respond to who he is.